Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Before I was the host of Locked On Guardians, previously I worked at 24-7, and Scout is a draft and prospect analyst. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts, platforms, apps, however you listen, you can find us there. Let's spend today's show talking about Zips. Not the Akron Zips, but the projection system by Dan Zaborski, uh, who's a very smart, uh, very good baseball follow. Uh, I would recommend him. But uh, his Zips is a decade now he's been doing this. It's a projection system. Uh, You know, I don't want to get in the nitty-gritty. You know, it is. It's it, a form of advanced numbers and looking at everything, kind of breaking it down and figuring out, you know, what are the most likely outcomes? Where is, you know, where are players going to perform? And it really gets into that. It gets into individual players. And it is interesting, you know, he compares it to also on fan graphs, they have the steamer system. And for instance, uh, you know, his system likes Quantrell a lot more than the steamer system. But let's Let's not bury the lead. Let's just dive into who they project and what. And let's start with the hitters on this team. So the system does, you know, on the surface level, looking at war. Let's just start there. That's kind of the first thing we look at. Uh, For those who don't know war in depth, the idea basically being two wars about a league average player. Anything below that is below league average. Anything above that is above league average. Uh, Jose Ramirez, unsurprisingly, is set to lead the team with a war of six uh in terms of players who they the system projects to be above league average Fran reyes at a 2.8 andres jimenez at a 2.4 miles strada 2.3 that's that's your list right now that's in terms of the offense uh going through and taking what the indians currently have on paper it has rosario at a 1.9 it has a zimmer jones and naylor outfield at 1.8 and a Quan mercado at a 1.8 uh, Hedges, Leon at 0.2, and Bradley and Chang at first base at a 1.1. So I'm not going to look at the basic numbers, but it's, it's interesting to look at advanced numbers. Technically, Jose Ramirez projects as a 5.4, 275, 365, 544 for his and his number one comp being Ian Kinsler. It's kind of curious. Uh, not quite a 30-30-30 season for him, but still. High projections. Next highest war is actually a tie with Andres Jimenez and Miles Straw. Uh, the projections really like Jimenez. And here's the thing. You know, we... <laughs> I've been getting into it on Facebook with a few people about Yu Chen Chang, specifically Hiram. Hey, Hiram. Uh, if you look at basic stats, yeah, Chang had the better second half than Jimenez. And even if you look at advanced stats, he had a better second half. But when you look at the more advanced numbers, when you get beyond the stats that really don't matter, if you're just looking at home runs, RBIs, and batting average, like... RBIs have no value uh, in evaluation. Batting average and home runs do, but there are definitely things that compile and give you a lot more data. And in those, Jimenez is behind Chang in terms of the second half, but it's not much. And then you add in the fact that uh, Jimenez is like at least three years younger, maybe four years younger, uh, has the high-level production in the minors and is a much better defender. And you can see why it has him tracking upwards. Now, it actually has him as a slightly below-league average bat but the defense is enough that he would bring uh, enough value to have a 2.5 sam's mile straw where it projects him to be uh down a little from where he was but again the defensive value is very high on both of those players they have the same defensive value in this system Framil reyes um 
no defensive value, as it were, uh, at a 2.3. And this is where it gets interesting. The system projects Gabriel Arias as a Tony Batista type, which I kind of see with the profile. But uh, his defensive value is uh, close to average. So he has a two war by this system. Uh, when you go down and really dig into the numbers. And that's, you know, he's not even guaranteed a spot. He has the same as Ahmed Rosario. Rosario's an above league average bat, but the problem is his defense is the worst rated on the team in terms of who could, you know, be considered a potential starter. It's just, it's such a net negative. His comp is Julio Franco, which is kind of fun. But, I, I mean, I see it. I, I can see everything they're saying here with, I'm sorry, no, Rosario is actually below league average. I was looking at Steve Kwan's box there for a second. But he's about league average. He's close. And he's about replacement level. And that's the thing. If you just flip him to, like, second base, like, if you flip him and Jimenez, it just makes them both more valuable because then you have Jimenez at shortstop, which is an important position of, of defensive value. And Rosario would probably be closer to league average as a defender at second. Steve Kwan has it a 1.9, Richie Palacios a 1.8, George Valera and Nolan Jones are both 1.7s. Go down further to Brian Rocchio, who's at a 1.4, Bradley Zimmer at a 1.2, and then we'll leave with the last two guys who have a war over one or at one. That's Ty Freeman and Oscar Mercado, both projected about a war of one. The big problem again for Freeman is what I talked about on Friday's show. I was kind of surprised I did not get more angry uh, comments just because the, the Freeman love is high. And again, I like him, but there's no power, there's no walks. It's a hard profile to project out with a lot of success. Unless, you know, even if a player is, they essentially have to have, you know, one of the 10 best hit tools in the game. So if we think that's the case, you know, maybe that could happen. But offensively, I mean, it just highlights, you know, the disaster. We didn't even talk, you know, I, I said we should end there, but I mean, you at least have to talk about all of your starters, right? Should we go down to Hedges? I almost have to, like, control F to find him. It, very high uh, 7 defense, but uh, whew, 59 runs created plus. I mean, that's that's bad. That's, you know, 100 is average. Every 10 is a deviation. That's, that's awful. He's a 7 for defense. It's one of the highest defensive scores uh, out there. But, yeah, it's, it is ugly in terms of this team uh, with the catching posi- position. Like I said, looking at the data, it actually shows that, like, you know, Quan and Palacios in the corners may not be the worst thing. Uh, I know that's not what people want to hear, but it, it sounds like, you know, the, the numbers think that they can at least be uh, approaching a league average-ish data. Uh, I think what you see internally here is, you know, Jimenez should play every day. Rosario should potentially be trade bait. Uh, Ramirez and Fran Miller locked in. And first base, honestly, it's like when we get into this these talks about Andres Jimenez and this whole idea of the 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 second base position. I, I mean, he shouldn't be at second; he should be at short because Rosario is a bad defensive shortstop. But the Chang debate shouldn't be Chang versus Jimenez. Honestly, based on what we saw in the second half, it should be Chang versus Bradley. Like that is your debate: who is the first baseman? Who are you going to go with there? Bobby Bradley was scorching hot for a month and then ice cold, and there's. And he essentially looks to be exactly the same guy we always thought he would be. And unfortunately, that is just not a productive player. Uh, his data, I mean, has him as a below-league average bat, but an above-average defender at first. That <laughs> might surprise some people. Uh, but it's just the the contact profile 
if you could merge Bobby Bradley and Ty Freeman, you might have, uh, you know, a multi future Hall of Famer, but you can't right now. And uh, instead, you have two players. You know, again, I think Ty Freeman can be an above average regular. I, I just think there's a lot more risk than anyone admits with that profile. Bobby Bradley, I just I don't see a route to success. Um, you know, he's peak shape. He has all the you know the strength and everything else, but the bat just isn't. You know, we've seen it with the guys like was it John Singleton, I, not the director, but the first baseman who signed the contract with the Astros that became an albatross before he ever got to the big leagues, and Chris Carter and some of those other players who were the first base only. If you can't tap, and I mean tap into the you know, if you can't hit enough, it doesn't matter how big your power is. It, this could be the same concern with Nolan Jones, honestly, going forward. We're gonna take uh, a pause here, come back and talk about what Zips thinks about the pitching staff. Uh, in a moment come on people it's time to get your tv together does this sound familiar you got one device that lets you catch the game live another lets you stream your favorite shows watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. So to, again, I want to thank you for making the Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day. I feel and available on all podcasting platforms. We're going to continue to recommend Lockdown Cavs. As long as the Cavs keep playing so well, Chris is a great dude over there and uh it's a fun Cavs team it is a fun team if you are a Cleveland sports fan you're not paying attention to the Cavs you are missing out but enough of the Cavs uh I do want to do a preview for later this week I tried to dig through and see who it was uh you know two weeks ago I reached out about which draft class I should cover and I Aaron I went with his 1980 class and it was a fun one to talk about someone else in that class asked me to uh to discuss the 1976 class and this is my, you know, preview before we talk about zips about why you're going to want to turn it, tune into that podcast. How about the fact that the 1976 draft had five prep players from Ohio in the first round? That's right, five prep players from Ohio in the first 24 picks of the first round. Uh, I've never seen one of them to the Indians, by the way. But uh, yeah, you have. And most of them made the big leagues. One of them, who the Indians didn't draft, is a name from my youth with the Indians. The third overall pick was from Youngstown, Eastern Michigan in the top five. It is an interesting draft right there uh, at the very top of it all. On top of that, the Indians actually had one of their most successful picks of all time. Uh, Their best pick ever in the 18th round was in this draft. Uh, Really their only successful pick in that entire draft. But, uh, yeah, you're going to want to tune in. It's a fun draft to look at. I had set everything up for it, and then I remembered Zips came out. I was going to talk about Zips, so we're, we're switching gears because I had set that one up as well. But you're going to want to tune in. I've never seen a class that had this many Ohio high school kids in it. And uh, the guy the Indians drafted, it's the, uh, the only player listed in uh, the entire baseball reference draft or, you know, in their entire area as uh, in terms of uh, someone who played baseball was drafted, anything of the like. And if that's not enough, how about the fact that of those five prep players, four of them went back to back to back to back. That's right, four picks in a row. 
uh, all four from the Cincinnati and or Dayton area. So it's an interesting draft. We will get into that uh, later on this week. Let's go back to zips. Let's talk. We talked about hitting. You know, the let's let's put a coda cap. Let's just make this our final kind of uh, statement on this team. Like I said, it makes you think they might be okay in the outfield, though an upgrade would be great. Catcher and first base are still probably the bigger areas of need for this team, and they don't have anything built in right now uh, at either of those. Uh, you're maybe hoping that someone young's going to step up, but offensively, yeah. And, and again, I'm still, when you have Arias, who has all those years of team control, like I, uh, MLB trade rumors, I still go daily. Like I was looking at their stuff, and they were talking about the Indians, and the, you know, it's hard when you're that site, but they're grasping for straws to a degree, understandably. But uh, talking about how uh, Paul Hoyne's podcast they're discussing on there uh, is uh, Arias a trade asset. At the end of the day, for me, and I use that expression, the end of the day, way too much, but I don't see Arias as a trade asset, mostly because Ahmed Rosario only has two years of team control. I'm just going to keep harping on this. He is not here for the long haul. He is not here for more than a year he is a if he's not traded this offseason next offseason is incredibly likely uh yeah one can make the case okay so you know they have andres jimenez who is maybe the shortstop of the future and then you got ty freeman to take over and play second you know a lot of places consider him the number one prospect in the system uh they still got brian rocchio and all of these other guys so i get that to a degree but like arias is ready to play Rosario's future is very short. That's I'm always people get surprised when I say trade him. I'm firmly in the trade now camp when you've only got those two years of team control and a guy who's, uh, you know, it, he's a he is a averages player at a position that averages valued. So I am uh, I'm totally up for that. But now getting to what I actually promised, pitching. So the pitching staff it projects right now. Is and I know when I read the war from their their thing last time, some of the wars varied uh, based on their gra- their infographic versus then when I uh, dug into the numbers. But uh, the infographic has Bieber at five war, then Quantrill at two point two, Plesac at one point nine, a one point two by Savali, and a one point three by McKenzie. Total bullpen of three point three with Classe, Karinchak, Sandlin, Ghost, uh, Stefan, Henches, Allen, and Miklochak back there. Uh, if you're like, wow, the pitching, you know, it's Plesak is average-ish. Quantrell, I mean, they're semi-bullish. This might also be the steamer projections up here, I, I kind of wonder. But I feel like it has to be part of Zips because I also tweeted this out as a preview. Savale, it's health. I've talked about it before. You can't count on Savale when he can't stay healthy. Uh, that has been a consistent issue his entire professional career. And McKenzie is still unproven. He has been brilliant, and he has been awful, uh, and he has gone back and forth between the two, but he has not been consistently anything enough to make you feel comfortable with him uh, as a just a guy you're you're writing in in ink. I, I would not be surprised if he spent some time in AAA next year. Like I'll just be really honest about that. So let's get in. Uh, now this is interesting because. Man, like the, the everything changes. That must be steamer up there, and then this must be, and that must be zips, and then the steamer data must be this down here, because uh, it has Bieber only at a three point six, his comp being Ben Sheets, Quantrell at a two, uh, one point six for Plesac, one point four for Tristan McKenzie, and then Aaron Savali at a point nine. 
very low on him. Uh, and again, I an ERA plus of 90, an ERA minus. I'm not as familiar with that, so I won't dig into that. But I, you know, I'm kind of the point where I think if you trade a pitcher, you trade Zavali because I think he's got more value than Plesac. But I also feel like there is a lot more risk. And when he was really good in the first half, he was really good. So maybe, you know, honestly, they might be better off just waiting till June, you know, June, July. We'll see. But uh, Emmanuel Classe, 1.9, that's a high valuation uh, on a uh, reliever war. Uh, Plesak, 1.6. Tristan McKenzie, 1.4. Peyton Battenfield. Remember, that's who they got for Jordan Luplo at a 1.2. Uh, they, you know, like him almost as much as McKenzie. They think that he is going to provide more value than Aaron Savale would. Cody Morris at a 1.1. Uh, Tobias Myers, who they just acquired, also at a 1.1. Karen Chalk at a 1. Connor Pilkington, a 0.9. Xavion Curry at a 0.8. That's interesting that he is that high. Not high on Eli Morgan. Uh, newest addition, Eniel De Los Santos is pretty low on here. And then you have just... A lot of guys. Um, as you dig down, it's always interesting to see the comps. Uh, occasionally, there's you know someone way down there who has a, a comp that uh, it's interesting to look at. But yeah, I mean the the takeaway here is I have talked about the lack of pitching depth, and I want to clarify that. Like, yes, there's the Cody Morris and the Peyton Batonfield, and you know, the Connor Pilkingtons and the Tobias Myers and all of these arms. But to me, until a guy pitches in the big leagues, I'm not counting him as part of the overall depth. Uh, they have their core f- six arms. And then from there, you know, you'll see. Uh, I had someone ask about a six-man rotation. And at the end of the day, one of the ma- – oh, see, there, I'm using it again. Uh, basically, one of the reasons I do not see a six-man rotation anytime in the future is then you got to pay six starters. That's more expensive than five starters. It just is. If you add another starter, that is more expensive. It's cheaper to pay a bullpen arm who's going to be in a kind of a semi-similar role than to pay six starters. So do I see that happening? No. Why? Money. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not surprised that uh, Peyton Battenfield is someone that a a projection system would love. His numbers were video game-ish. He is a converted reliever. There's a lot of reasons to think that his... Uh, his growth is still going upwards. That this is a player who is on an upward uh, projection. Trajection, I think, is the word I wanted there. So yeah, I think when I look at him, that's that's how I view it. Uh, I you know I, I look at this bullpen overall, and I guess a lot of it really comes down to they need to start letting you know Pilkington, Myers, Morris are all on the forty men already. And if they need to break in as relievers, so be it. But they need to start letting some of these arms, you know, break in, figure some things out. And, you know, I'll say it again. Someone's going to get hurt. You know, that that happens. Probably multiple people are going to get hurt. Uh, there's going to be players who are largely ineffective. Um, there's going to be players that struggle or are inconsistent. If that happens, you're going to go to that the, the AAA team quickly. And that's where it is. But... I mean, more importantly to me, when I look at all of this, is the bullpen is bad. Like, it is projecting to be very bad. We know it is bad. Right now, as the host of Locked On Guardians, what are the biggest needs for this team when we have a baseball season? I'll let you know in a moment. So uh, make sure to tune in for segment three as we discuss 
looking at zips looking at steamer looking at just having watched this team for a year knowing the depth in the minors what does this team need tomorrow i'm gonna have some built bar and that is gonna be my breakfast i'm still tempted by the eggnog not gonna lie to you that is always something that i like uh, they now have a coconut lovers box which again i always recommend the coconut is very good over there and they're still having the sale paranormal pumpkin is still on sale and then what's awesome additionally on top of you know like i said i like eggnog so that's tempting to me uh, if i hadn't literally just placed an order i would be buying myself some eggnog they're doing you know the 12 days of sales currently so like today cookies and cream now by the time you listen to this it won't be cookies and cream on sale anymore it'll be something else but every single day one of their flavors is on sale and that's a you get like 20 percent off plus you can then use the locked on uh locked 15 to get another 15 percent off so you're getting 20 percent off and then 15 percent off on top of it if you've ever been tempted by built bar you're never going to get a better deal than there is right now so you want to go there daily see what the deal is then use our promo code to get 15 percent off 20 percent off uh a great tasting bar that is filling delicious and just plain and simply good for you let's uh let's also talk about our other fantastic sponsor betonline.ag uh, this is like our two longest sponsors back to back right in here if uh, if rock auto was still around we could you know that'd be the the coupe of not the triumvirate as it were uh but let's let's give some time to our good friends at betonline.ag this isn't always the thing i'm the most knowledgeable about but over the year i've learned more by going to betonline.ag and they have you covered all season for more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs hopefully with your browns included BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games and poker, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So going through all of this data here, looking at, I guess this must be the steamer graph. I'm sorry for my confusion. I assumed it was all in one place because it's a long, short story long. Uh, when they tweeted out the preview, they tweeted out their infographic, but the infographic has to be steamer, whereas the in-depth data must be the zip system. And both are projection systems, taking into account different things. Uh, so that's some of the confusion. But looking at both these projection systems, just watching the team for a year i still think waiting to see you know i i, I tease Hiram because i know he listens and because sometimes i turn on my twitter and i have 60 messages that i've been tagged in because of some argument he's in it's okay i don't mind <laughs> it's more amusement at this point in time than anything else but one thing we do agree uh with on that is that right now the indians are kind of waiting for these shortstop musical chairs to end. And basically the best thing that could happen is for someone like Trevor Story to sign with the Mets or to go to a team where he is going to, uh, you know, if the Tigers still went out and added him and then said, you're our center fielder. Like for teams that think, hey, maybe he's better off in the outfield. Uh, or Carlos Correa ending up with like the Dodgers. Something like that, that it would be a bit of a surprise, but wouldn't be crazy. Uh because the Indians want to be, you know, the team that's left staying there. They want, for instance, I mean, okay, let's say, should we do a theoretical? 
the Yankees do not seem to want to spend, right? Let's go to the the flawed trade site, which is very flawed when you have a Yankees beat writer who's uh, uh, intentionally cheating the machine. But, you know, we already talked about that recently. <laughs> uh, but let's let's look at this idea. So let's say the Yankees don't get either of the shortstops left on the market because they seem afraid to spend. So all of a sudden the Yankees need a shortstop. Yeah, they could put Urshilla there, but that affects their defense in other ways. Uh, the Indians and the Guardians do know each other. The Indians and the Guardians are the same team. The Guardians and the Yankees do know each other. But let's look at the idea of New York needs a shortstop and that they decide that Ahmed Rosario is still an upgrade over anything they have in place. So, again, flawed side, but they have Rosario being worth 19.1 uh, value. That's a pretty high valuation. Again, positional value matters. So if we switch over and go to the Yankees, uh, you know, the the first player I'm always going to bring up, just because I think there's a logic to it, is Luke Voigt. So Luke Voigt, as of now, uh, his valuation is a 3.1, very low. So that still leaves you a difference right now of, what, 16 that needs to be made up? So if we just look at a median score, oof, Giancarlo Stanton's contract, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a big negative. Uh, so how about this? You know who helps make that gap up? It's a rental, but it's an interesting rental. Uh, you know, maybe the Yankees agree to pick up some contract with this. But what would you say if uh, if you were running the Indians and I was running the Yankees and I offered you, you know, the one-year rental of Joey Gallo, who supposedly the Yankees were uh, trying to get out from under? And uh, Luke Voigt, who's, I think, at two years left, maybe three years left for the two years of Ahmed Rosario. Doesn't that make the Indians a lot different? Guardians, well, you know, eventually I'll get the name right. What is that? All of a sudden think about that lineup when you put <laughs> Gallo in right field and you can let, you know, Palacios, Quan, and everyone else battle it out for that other corner outfield spot. Again, it's, it's a rental. You don't get Gallo for the long haul. But you put him out there, you put Voigt at first. I mean... Imagine those two in the middle of your lineup with Fran Mill and Jose. Wouldn't that be something to watch? Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? And, you know, it has a, what, 700,000 point value difference where the Indians are doing the ones who are, you know, paying more. So it's like maybe you could uh, conceivably get, you know, some balancing of money in a deal like this. Uh, the Indians don't really have any contracts, so they don't have any bad contracts to trade out. But you could send a small amount of money, which hopefully would go to the baseball team and not the ownership. But you never know, right? But still, that that's an idea to throw out there. And that's shortstop is always going to be a value. So I think we are kind of hoping that the Yankees end up uh, the last team standing. I think that more than the other organizations, they are the one who does not have an ideal internal option. Because even with their best option, it then weakens them at another position. So... And I know what you're saying, though. Uh, they could just shift uh, Glybar to third. So it's like, are be sure that's going to work? Uh, it's a situation uh, where I, I don't even know what... I mean, that's the other possibility. I mean, how much are you down on Glybar Torres? Uh, if you are an, an Indians fan, it's like, instead of Gallo, would you prefer Torres? I mean, that still leaves you about $6 million short, so you would still need to get another player. It's amazing how far Torres' value has slid. It's uh, one of those things maybe, you know, you ask about uh, Higasayaka, the catcher who's 
very well thought of. Uh, Kyle, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. You know, he last year had, you know, he was he was about as good offensively as Austin Hedges. It was the year before that that he'd had strong year. I was getting confused in my head. But yeah, there's ways to make this work, and there's a lot of you know a, a pitcher I would keep my my eyes on would be just knowing what the Indians look for and what they go for would be uh, Waldachuk if if such deal were to happen. He uh, he might be an interesting secondary piece or tertiary piece. But yeah. This is the type of things you got to consider and look at. Because right now the Indians, they need relief help. Hopefully, I guess, we're hoping that the, the young starters will fill in in the pen and then move out from there. That some of those young players like Karen Chalk will rebound. Henches will find a role. Ghost will stay where he was. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's not as big of an issue. But we'll have to wait and see. And uh, you're hoping the starters, you know, it, there's at least enough overall depth that you think you should be able to they're in a much better place than they were a year ago let's put it that way this is not Mejia and Hench's first men up uh when situations go awry when you got Morris Batenfield Myers that is a much better situation than they had and then offensively catcher they need something there that's the big thing first base could also use some help and then like I said if if you do this deal let's say like I said you get Gallo and Voigt Maybe there's that prospect deal to the Cubs that makes sense to go get Ian Happ to be your other outfielder. Happ, Gallo, Straw, get Contreras for catcher, get, uh, void at first base, and none of those guys are huge money players. Like If they are going to add money, all of a sudden think about how <laughs> different that lineup is. And you know maybe we'll just take some time and look at that lineup later on in the week. Thank you for listening. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been your Locked On Guardians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Tomorrow we'll find out if we broke the top fifty on uh, podcasts for baseball podcasts. So keep doing your part. Uh, all of you listeners have been fantastic. Thank you. And as we say now, go go Guardians, go.